I don't know if the same can be said of you, but sometimes I just don't understand men who appear dressed in white robes. Their ironic sense of humor can be just a little too subtle for knuckleheads like me. Like when they say in Acts chapter 1 verse 11, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? You know, if I had been on the receiving end of that question, I think I might have said, because Jesus just ascended into heaven in front of my eyes, and given my sheltered upbringing, it's going to take me a moment to collect my stunned faculties. Strange as it may seem, ascensions still catch me just a little off guard, even if to the cognoscenti, an ascension is really nothing to write home about. Can you see why Jesus didn't choose me as one of his 12 apostles? <laughs> why indeed were they looking up into heaven? It's just the savior of the world ascending after all. I have no idea why that would be worth a moment's reflection. I mean, don't we have text messages to attend to and notifications to acknowledge? Not to mention homework to finish and Monday morning flights to check in for? That must be why Jesus ascended on a Thursday. <laughs> he wouldn't have wanted to interrupt our busy schedule or intrude on our valuable time. Besides, haven't we been through ascension days before and know what they're about? Been there, done that. On this Ascension Sunday, I hope the angel's question brings home to us how perfectly ludicrous our priorities and our nation, notions of practicality can become to the extent that we get to thinking that we'd like to move on from Jesus' ascension to more pressing matters. May our neighbors never cease to wonder, why do they stand looking into heaven? And taking our cue from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 in last week's epistle lesson, may we always be ready to make our defense to anyone who demands from us an accounting for the hope that is within us. That defense can be as simple as repeating Psalm 47, verse 5. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Or... Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, has ascended into heaven, where he is going to prepare a place for us, and will return in the same way as we saw him go into heaven. Concise. That's all we need to say in terms of a defense. And today, we take a moment to marvel at the power and the mercy of our transcendent and incarnate God. Today, we are not here to do something as much as we are to stand here in awe and wonder, taking in what God has done for us. It's not that there's nothing to be done, but that the most important things to do, God has done for us. Nothing that we do can hold a candle to what God has done for us. So don't let puckish angels convince you that there's really no reason for us to stand looking into heaven today. 
It's their favorite Ascension Sunday joke. I can just hear them cracking up, but trying to contain themselves enough to ask one another, so tell me, Gottfried, why do you stand looking up into heaven? It's not like there's been an ascension or anything. It's not like there's anything worth putting your newspaper down for or looking up from your phone. Oh, no, Leonard, I'm very busy leading a purpose-driven life. I have things to do and places to be. I was just having a casual glance at the sky and thinking how I could improve on it. Leonard, I get you, Gottfried. I've often wondered at how we can take Jesus' ascension, not that we need linger over it, to the next level. Gottfried and Leonard, assuming those were their names, are rascals. They are the Abbott and Costello of the heavenly host. They like nothing better than for us to take them seriously and to hurry on to our productive tasks, much to their amusement. Which is not to say that Jesus' ascension has left us with nothing to do. Before he ascended, Luke 24, verses 46 to 48, records that Jesus said to his followers, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and the repentance and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And again, in the Acts of the Apostles, which is the sequel to the Gospel of Luke, Jesus says in chapter 1, verse 8, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And thanks be to God, that witness has reached us here, 2,000 years later and half a world away. And the good news is now ours. We are his witnesses in our generation to our neighborhoods and to the end of the earth. In the children's sermon, we heard how through organizations like Compassion International, we can witness in verbal and material ways to new generations and specifically to children who can benefit from our commitment and care. Compassion is not the only way, not the only organization through which we can do this, but it is a way and one worth considering. Jesus' ascension moves us to live faithfully, fearlessly, and generously because our future is secure with God. Contrary to popular belief, being heavenly minded makes us of more, not less, earthly use. Jesus' ascension changes our primary frame of reference from earth to heaven. That doesn't mean we ignore our world, but we see it and our time in it from the perspective of where we one day will be. It was at Jesus' ascension that angels told the disciples that Jesus would return in the same way that they saw him go. And it sets our sights on his second advent, his return in glory, when his victory and reign will be fully and finally realized on earth as it is in heaven. We, like Jesus' first disciples, are still basking in his presence.
And today we stand with them, looking up wistfully into heaven. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. For Jesus' ascension completes the two-act drama of incarnation and glorification. Jesus' humiliation and his exaltation, of which we hear in Philippians chapter 2. These are the bookends within which Jesus lived, died, and was raised in a healed and an imperishable human body, a prototype of our bodies when it is our turn to follow Jesus in being raised from the dead bodily, when we will take the place that he has gone to prepare for us. And so on this Ascension Sunday, we put down our newspapers, we put down our phones, our many pressing tasks, and important ones too, to do the one thing that is necessary, to gaze up into heaven in awe and wonder at the imminence and the transcendence of God. And having beheld Jesus ascend into heaven, and moved by his compassion for us, and trusting his promise that we will be his witnesses, we reach out in love to neighbors far and near, eager to enfold them in God's embrace of the world that he so loves, and to which he will return in the same way that we saw him go.